Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1033. If you're going to be in Tacoma or Seattle or any of the surrounding areas in Washington State, uh, then I'm going to be at the Tacoma Comedy Club December 12, 13, 14. If you uh, go to Tacoma Comedy Club's website or you go to ID10T.com slash tour, those would be excellent places to get tickets. Uh, come on out and see the wizard guitar. My guitar that has a wizard painted on it. It's If you haven't seen a picture of it, I put it on Instagram. It's amazing. Uh, I just want to give a special shout out to my friend uh, Bunny Reese, who is Bunny Love Rocks on Instagram, who is an incredible muralist and artist who took on the challenge of making a D&D themed guitar with a dragon and a wizard and knocked it so far out of the park. It is a triumph and I adore it. And I would like to show you my wizard guitar. So please come on out to the Tacoma Comedy Club December 12, 13 or 14. Let's talk about you, the ID. Community events at ID10T.com, like Chandra, who writes, Last year I finally published my first book, and it turned out to be a kid's holiday book. Every little snowflake is a sweet and honest and occasionally funny conversation based on the real life conversations I had with my young son about how we celebrate the holidays a little differently than most of his friends. We talk openly about the real person who was St. Nicholas, how his story changed to become the magical Santa stories of today. We acknowledge the other winter holidays that people celebrate and emphasize the importance of sharing kindness and joy with everyone over racking up a huge stack of presents, though presents are fun too. Every little snowflake is written in a secular voice, but is inclusive. Anyone of any religion or of no religion can enjoy this book. So in short, if you want to tell your kid Santa isn't real, but you don't want to be a dick about it, this is the book for you. (laughs) Ah, Chandra, you got me. That was really funny. Go to Chandra, C-H-A-N-D-R-A-D-K Miller.com. Chandra, D-K Miller.com to find links to the preview and purchase it. Uh, you can use the ISBN to find it on Amazon. Or if you'd rather not give Jeff Bezos any more money, you can go directly to the printer, blurb.com, under their bookstore. Thank you, Chandra. This episode is Anna Gasteyer, who is one of my favorite humans. Anna and her husband, Charlie, are such delightful human beings. And I don't know, there's just people in the world that you feel like you've known your whole life or that you feel like, we, I must be related to this person because you just click. And Anna was on the podcast several years ago, maybe seven years ago, six, seven years ago. We've been friends ever since. You know, whenever I perform in New York, she and Charlie come out to the shows and it's, you know, besides just being a massive fan of her work, it's a, it's, it's just a, it's an honor to not only... 
have witnessed so many of uh, her great comedy moments, but also just be able to talk to her about she's just a fun, easy person to talk to who also happens to be a genius and a comedy genius. Uh, she has an amazing Christmas album out called Sugar and Booze. She's touring right now. There are dates at AnnaGasteyerInConcert.com. I know if you're in L.A., she's going to be at Largo on December 3rd. Um, and so uh, I'm sure Lydia and I are tr- going to try to go to that. So just uh, support ed- everything this woman does because she is the best. Anna Gasteyer, episode number 1033 of the ID10T podcast. Now let's roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Test, test. Does any of this stuff work again? Check one, two. Are we recording now? Oh my God. How's that? Is that, is that, I made you a double shot Americano. Is I this, love it. Okay, it's good. And it was, was it a packet? No, it's, well, it's, um, it's this thing. Nespresso style? No, it's not Nespresso. It's called Tassimo. Sure. And it was the, it's the only coffee my wife was really into. And when we first started dating, I realized pretty quickly, like, oh, if she's going to stay over, I need to need get to a Tassimo. So I got a Tassimo, and she just, heartbreak of all heartbreaks, and I just found out the Tassimo's being discontinued. Oh. So. You mean they're going out of business? That, that's it, I guess. I don't know. I Were heard, they bought out? I don't know what Proctor happened. Procter & Gamble? What happened? I have no idea. I don't know what's going on with big coffee. Yeah, we'll, but, have, to, uh, we'll have to. We can find it all. They're pods. They're these little, like, pods. Yeah. And, um, you know. It so felt no very much like an airport lounge <laughs> experience. The way that you put it together. And I felt I felt welcome. Well, you were just in an airport like 12 hours I ago. Was. And as you know, I always go to the lounge. <laughs> always. The lounge. <laughs> I am actually really obnoxious that way. Like, I love my all of my point perks. Oh, like, absolutely. I'm, I'm big on, like, if I can get into a... If I can if I can use a credit card for access to something, I'll, yeah. I'm so in. Of course you are. Membership I mean, rewards. It makes me... I flew last year, my entire family. So we, we swapped our apartment with an Italian family, which yep. was super fun. Uh, this, there's like a home swap site that we joined. What? I know it's really fun. And it's a lot of people, my, you know, Charlie works in advertising. So it's a lot of people in design, entertainment. So the apartments are actually super nice. And it was a commercial director in Italy. And we went and stayed in their house in Bologna. And they came and stayed in our house. Anyway, I used all points and flew all four of us business class with points. And I... That's fantastic. The, the sweetness of the business class plus points. It just the, the you, I didn't sleep because I was so excited. The jo- don't get off the plane. We're gonna <laughs> stay on this as long. We are as up possible. front. <laughs> we, this is where we live. We now. are up front. Yeah. Well, the airport lounge is very important because it is the place in the airport where you can poop with a full door. You're absolutely right. You can fully close a door. A little privacy, wash your hands. That's, That's right. exactly what you do. Yeah, it's just Settle a little in. living space. Yeah, a little quiet space. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. So I totally... You know the tricks. I know the tricks. I know the little, the little buffets. <laughs> yep. Just like little... Get yourself a little salad. Oh, a mini quiche. Mm-hmm. I'll have a mini quiche. Now, on Air France, when you fly business class, yep. we were just business. We weren't first. You go to the lounge beforehand, and they feed you dinner. What? They give you the option. So then you get on the plane... 
go to bed. Oh, that's fantastic. But I thought again, you were going to say they spit on you for being American. They spit on you for being American. <laughs> they poo-poo you for your poor accent. Yeah, no, no but it's, for you. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's great. It was, it was, it's like, it, again, I never sleep even when I'm in the sleeping situation because I get too excited for the plane and I don't want to sure. miss any of the free stuff. Sure. So, <laughs> like, the, Yeah, but one of the free things yeah. is an eye sh- shade. I know. So. I, I hoard it. I hoard it. I take it home. <laughs> do you, and do on you, KLM, they give you these little um, Dutch, these little like ceramic Dutch townhouses oh, they're like on. Delft they're unbearably cute I, they're unbearably cute the craziest one that we ever flew on was uh, Singapore Airlines oh I for heard that's our, nuts for our honeymoon isn't that like a million hours it's well to Tokyo it was like it's like 12 hours 13 hours and so um, it, but we we this will be really by the way very relatable content this is this. super <laughs> relatable content so in the lounge you know you're in the lounge. Well, it depends. Were you flying private? Well, I, not this day. Uh, mainly because I don't like the bathrooms in the private terminal. I know what you mean. I yeah, know what you it's mean. just it's not even worth it for for a half hour. Um, right, so for, fast forward. Yeah. So fast forward to relatable content to our. <laughs> You know when you're we'll wiping your ass with a hundred dollar bill, and it just looks like you've you given shitting in silk Ben Franklin a dirty Sanchez. So it, so it, we flew Air Singapore Air was our honeymoon. So uh, you know we we got to fly in the first class, Hell and yeah. they Singapore Air basically has these full on. Like, there's no roof over it, but it's pretty much just an enclosed room. House. It's and a house so in the sky. We got two middle sections, which the 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 two middle sections have a uh, like a screen that goes down. So basically, we were just in a queen size bed oh all to Tokyo and back. So it was pretty. It was pretty pretty. Did amazing. you sleep? Yeah, I do. Lydia did, doesn't. Did you mile high it? I did. We did not mile <laughs> Come on, it's your honeymoon. It's your honeymoon. You're in a you're in a private cube. Where else are you going to do it? <laughs> no, no, no. We just need. No, we don't need anything right now. Well, they, they please ch- knock. They check on you a if lot. The cubes are rocking. <laughs> We just. If the sky cubes are rocking, what did you do with those complimentary socks? Don't ask. Don't. Oh, you took it to the socks. Damn it! I'm sorry. I know we we didn't hoard any of that stuff, but it was. uh, I sleep. Lydia doesn't sleep. She just watched the. She watched. She'll watch the same animated film over and over again. Yeah. And I think it was. um, It was. uh, Oh, the. Oh, the 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 Rich Moore one with the Jason Bateman as the fox and the and Zootopia. Zootopia. She watched Zootopia on a loop because she just tries to fade in and out. Oh, and so she it was just on a loop. I've all the time. had so many. I love watching movies on planes. It's a, such a guilty pleasure, and I and everything is good in the sky. Like you can see the worst movie, and I've come home with some great. Um, reports, but I also have had a lot of bad luck where <laughs> I'm starting to land. This actually happened to me. I wa- I finally watched Blades of Glory uh-huh. on the plane. I was so excited. Also, that asshole that was just roaring with laughter, so loud. Because didn't that movie come was, out like 15 years? Yeah, ago? and it was yeah, on, okay. and I hadn't seen it. And, yeah, you know, I was like, I want to see. It, it was a you know a while ago, and I I ha- I had the thing happen where I landed, and like two <laughs> seconds before we landed, like we landed, and I still had like two minutes to go oh, on the movie, no. and then I had to go home and fucking rent Blades of Glory <laughs> for the for credit roll. Like, I was so angry at myself, but at the same time... Wasn't Will in that? Yeah, Why Will, didn't you just call him and ask him what happened no, in the last two minutes? I should have just called him up and said... Just text happened? me the last hey, two minutes. what happened? But also, knowing... I mean, if that my other... My tangential thought here is that I don't know 
anything about anything that I've done. Okay. So, like, for example, I was in Wicked on Broadway for a year and a half. I played that role. And we just went back for the... It's like their 15th anniversary. So they were like invited people to come take over their Instagram and Mm -hmm. see the show again or whatever. And I hadn't really, I hadn't actually seen the show since well before I'd been in it because you're backstage. Sure. You're doing the show. Yeah, of course. And I literally did not remember the plot. (laughs) I was like, really? I didn't realize they were both in love with the prince. Oh my God. Like the most I really understand that other sister now. I literally remembered that she was green and an outcast. That's all... I remember. And it's it's sort of upsetting. It's like I dump the hard drive, you know, like, or the hard drive dumps the info. Well, as soon as I'm done, I'm like, don't need that information no, anymore. No, of course not, because, you know, we only have so much space in our brain for things like... I know, but you'd think that the repetitive motion of doing a show, like, I should know the lyrics to Wicked. Do you remember any of it? Barely. <laughs> So, I'm just I so wicked. <laughs> I'm a real wicked witch. Hey, good night. <laughs> hey, you guys. No, I, that's it. I don't. I don't remember. I didn't remember a bunch of songs. I didn't remember the love song. You, do, hey, you know, it'd be fun just to see you like go up at like Largo or something <laughs> and, and just do a night of of songs. But as you remember them, <laughs> so you just yes, have I like, really should two lines that. or one thing. And I'm so so and just play it like like I I really leaned into the scat. So wicked. I think I think that that would be very enjoyable. It would be an enjoyable evening. But you for couldn't sure. possibly remember everything you've. I mean, and also I feel like your sketch improv background and SNL has trained you to like scoop it out, pump forget it and about it, it, pump it, it and dump it. Right? That's exactly what Pumpin' and Dumpin'. I mean, I can't, because, no, it's true. And now they play vintage SNL, and I, it's scary. Like, for a long time, I wouldn't remember, you know, I don't know, basic, I I wouldn't remember other people's sketches. I repeatedly now will see myself in a sketch and have no memory of being in that sketch. Because it's all short-term memory. You don't, you know, you can't commit it to memory because you have to do it all over again the next week. It's not possible. You and SNL couldn't. also, you have a cloud of cortisol. So it's yes, like, uh, that's the other thing. The, yeah. we talk to the science, science people, yeah. the, the, the cortisol blocks are all in play. So it's just... Yeah, spiritual blackout. For yeah, six it years. is. It, <laughs> there's a there's just a hole in yeah. your memory. Yeah, that's right. Where you yeah, don't. Yeah, I might have murdered someone. You don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It's know. very possible. There wasn't even alcohol involved. It was just. It was just a psychic. It was a, it was a, a survival tech. Yes. It was a survival mechanism. Yeah, PTSD. It's and called. also because you. <laughs> and also because there's a term for it. You have to also emotionally protect yourself because you know I'm. I remember the first time you were on the podcast, which was years ago. I know, and so great. My still to this day, my favorite interview. I what? tell people that all the time. That was I the beginning that. of my love for Chris Hardwick. I really appreciate that because you had said that um, Will Ferrell had this special bulletproof skill set of if a sketch tank, he'd just be like, "Yeah, well, we really stunk up the joint." Yeah. And just he just moved on. Oh, he's delighted. He he not only moves on, he leans in. <laughs> he he's delighted by that failure. Is a, that is a specific specific mutant power to have. I I think my son is getting it, which is really making me happy. Because, like, for example, uh, this is a podcast, so you can't see it. But, the, like, he, he, I don't know if you, I mean, he steals my phone all the time. <laughs> Shit. I have a notification on here, so it's ruining my bit. But, like, 
his constant. <laughs> you, we're on a podcast, but his his favorite game is to make the ugliest face alive. So your so your your home screen, your lock screen is basically just a very awkward. It it's looks like, it's like a child version of Jerry Lewis. Like it's, it's so upsetting. It's his full face yeah. in frame, but it's like cutting yeah. off at the. But eyes. he likes to do as many chins as he can. He does like my my daughter's glasses. He drools. It's really upsetting. I think you and, and Charlie so are funny. doing something right. Well, he's. I mean, he knows to lean in on the bomb, like which is I I, I think a really good leaning instinct. in on the bomb is a great way to think about it because if you can not just with comedy, but if you can lean into bombs anywhere, I like know. any kind of like situational Life bomb, lesson. except for an actual bomb is not a great bomb to lean in, well, but other types of it bombs. Depends. But you're, <laughs> some but, people might need some I levity. Mean, you know, but it's uh, <laughs> I just you'd be pretty bulletproof. I know. There's a there's a guy, a friend of mine from uh, old Groundling, David John. You never know David. I don't know if I he, do. he did a one man show about his um, sobriety journey. It was awesome. But he did have this like life lesson. I'm just tangentially telling someone else's story now. But he he does tell this life lesson, which was so funny about like finding himself and letting you know looking for the moments when you you, you have those revelations of what it's worth to sweat and what it's not. And he was alone. At Pearl Harbor, this is oh funny, gosh. but it's so funny. He was alone at Pearl Harbor, like on a Hawaii trip, like mm-hmm. a self-searching congratulations trip to himself during that false alarm that went out on the phone. Oh, my God. The- and, he, and he was at fucking Pearl Harbor, and they hoarded them all into the auditorium. So for like the 19 minutes that nobody knew if it was a false alarm, whether or not there was like a missile targeted, they were watching... The repeat footage oh, of the no. end, oh, of the Jesus end, Christ of the end, like what happened, like oh, at Pearl no. Harbor, oh, no. <laughs> on an contiguous lip loop, like it's like that tra- is... it's so dark that oh, it's funny. Jesus anyway, Christ. talk about leaning into the bomb. That's yeah, what that made me that think is of. Definitely, and he was like, he had like all of the oh, it's all, why do we sweat our careers and why do we worry about this when this is really the moment? And he had all of the profound, and then like the second that it was off, he was like, and back to me, and like, ba- like, yeah, exactly, like, exactly, back to narcissistic thought. No, like but that. I wonder if, like, in that moment after that 19th minute, everyone was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of funny, right? I know. I mean, in a way, it's not funny, it. but it's funny. It's I like, it's weird, so. but it's funny. So I just noticed the bald eagle. Oh, is no, this is, a, a, this is a, an oscillated turkey. This is a specific type of, like, it's basically like a... Is it taxidermy? It is taxidermy. It's That's a vintage, amazing. It's a vintage taxidermy. Oh, he, wow. he's a He's a very colorful, if you look up oscillated turkey, I call him a, I call him a theater turkey. He has a lot going on. Because he's, he's very... He's having a hard time making a choice. He, is, <laughs> he did not follow the Coco Chanel rule, take one thing off no, before you leave the house. He's got he a just, lot of colors. I'm going to have a blue head and a lot of colored feathers. That's amazing. And just these little things that look like candy corns growing off my face he's, and beak. He's got a lot of... Look at an oscillated turkey. Look it up. Oscillated turkey. Do, they're, gore, they're gorgeous. Look, at, look they're, it up, Club. They're real sexy turkeys. Yeah, he's a sexy turkey. He's a very sexy turkey. I love it. You know, uh, seeing that about your son is really funny. And then also, you and Charlie brought your daughter to the show that I did in New York. So fun. And she was also really super smart and funny. Uh, like, we, you've, you've done something we're great. We're trying. We talked to, talk to our kids inappropriately, I think. That's the main thing. Yeah. We just, we just... There's not... I don't have a lot of... Uh, parenting like I, I don't have a lot of us and them with my kids yeah but you also that's great because it just sort of it takes the mystique out of it yeah and it just because they're gonna see stuff like their phones have access to the sum total of human knowledge like they're it, gonna it, see unfortunately yes and unfortunately the internet prioritizes everything bad and negative yeah. so they're gonna see that yeah. stuff so yeah what I what we try to just I would say the main thing we try to do like as parents which is a gross like humble brag but we talk a lot about um 
you know, on, on in a lot of different ways, just about moral instinct. Mm-hmm. And especially with my son, like Charlie really worries about, you, you talk about this in your act and I, and we definitely, ha- we actually, when, when I found I was pregnant a second time, we had to get like the early CVS or whatever it was back then to determine the gender because he was so worried about having a boy. He was mm-hmm. genuinely terrified of just assholery and thuggery. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thuggery. He's not that into sports. Like he was just worried about. It's funny. Like you make these predictive decisions. Like suddenly you're going to have that kind of boy. Mm-hmm. And somebody did finally say that. <laughs> Remember, we were laying in bed. He was like, maybe he'll like comics. Yeah, maybe he'll like comics. Maybe he'll be like one of those kids who likes comics. That's you know? so funny. It's That's exactly that is act. exactly what I'm afraid of is yeah. having like a sportsy kid because I will have to cuz I was not into all the stuff my parents were into. They but your were dad into, was an athlete. My dad well, he's a bowler. Yeah, we'll call, call that an athlete. athlete. And and uh but they, my parents were both diehard sports fans. They did not in, they did not understand video games, they didn't understand sci-fi, they didn't like any of that stuff. Their tastes were very mainstreamy. Interesting. And and I was not and yet somehow as parents they were cool enough to you say rally. like you know, oh, they noticed in the first few years that yep. I was alive, like, oh, he's really responding to SNL. Right. Let's buy him Steve Martin albums. Like, they just recognize That's that. what you do. So my kid is a weird, com- and he's big. He's a giant child. He came in giant, and he remains giant. He wears an old Navy men's medium, and he's an 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but he's our, a giant giant. But, but our, but our version like, of that would be me having to buy soccer cleats for a kid if he well, was really into that. so that's the thing. So he he's not a jock per se mm-hmm. but he Charlie, Charlie like you recognizes sports is a nice shorthand amongst men mm-hmm. um, I mean if we're going to be very binary about this of sure. course of course, of course. <laughs> of course or he him <laughs> uh, them <laughs> them them is very um, but uh, he 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 definitely like sort of just started queuing up television with sports on it so you know in the most generic way so that he could sort of participate in mm-hmm. the human race a little bit about it and um, he plays sports well enough to have social time with his friends who do like sports. He does plenty of video gaming. He's a Rubik's Cube banana. He loves, you know, So he's got a lot of nerd in him in the best possible way. Uh, magic is the current currency in our home. Fantastic. Close up card tricks. A little sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be funny if I pulled out a card right now I would and love it was it so a trick much. that he started like before you left home? <laughs> that would, well, actually, it would be even better if it was in the coffee machine. <laughs> what, what's it's that thing? your coffee. It's you my spit coffee. it out. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh my ace. God. Oh. Ace of Spades. Believe it. Um, But yeah, so he definitely has all those things going. But he knows how to play basketball. And and Charlie, we've adapted. You know, we buy him basketball shoes, and we talk about. It was one of those moments, a parenting moment, similar. He was at someone's house, and of course, we watched the Olympics. I mean, because. Sure. That's satisfying. Yeah, of course. Participation yeah. in sports doesn't count, by the that's way. That's the best. To of the any best. sport person. No, 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 no. That's about so, human triumph. Like, that's yeah. like the these yeah. people have. Great story. Yeah, you're basically watching people that's that had exactly no childhoods. Right. That's exactly and right. This is what you do when you don't have a child. And thank God for them, they're winning. <laughs> so you. So he goes to his <laughs> friend's be weird house. When you're done with all this stuff, but don't worry about it. He, totally. He comes and you'll, yeah, talk about cortisol, the cortisol fog. Ah. Uh, you, you know, he comes home and he's like, Did you know that there's a magazine about sports? <laughs> What? We're like, he's like, there are cards. Josh gave me whatever the trading card. I took Nathan Chen. Oh my God. What, <laughs> the I, ice skater t- Nathan oh, Chen. Actually, gotcha, American gotcha, gotcha, gold gotcha, hopeful. Gotcha. I was gotcha. like, not quite the choice that I was, you probably should have made in the situation. <laughs> but great. But good, yes. Good and for I, you. I will get you that sporting magazine. You know what? It, sounds and it was like, Sports Illustrated, by the way. Oh, so like, it's, so it was it's, like a revelation. So to these him. sports are illustrated. <laughs> these aren't just yeah. textual sports. It was that moment, you know, we were like, wow, we are terrible parents. Yeah. But it sounds like if you're just. 
cool and listen to your kids. Yeah, and are that's pretty it. straight with them about stuff. They'll they they're okay. Yeah, I, I, that was a very meandering reply. No, what, what I what I really feel that one thing that we do do well is to tell them to listen to their moral compass, which is I always describe in your stomach. I mean, I think that you really do. Everybody has a gut, and Charlie's afraid of thuggery, so he's like, you know, especially now he's like middle school. You're like in any situation with with thuggy guys, he's like. Any cue, like any little thing in the pit of your stomach, listen to it and use us as the fall guy. I did it with my teenager. It's like, you have a good head on your shoulders. And they do have, I mean, my kids aren't very risk friendly. They're not the kids who want to like take jello shots and jump out of a car. So, but I have always said, like, just listen to the feeling. It's, you know it, you know the answer. Because I look back on all the bullshit that I did. And I always knew when I was wrong. I always knew, like, I should not be going to this person's house while their parents are out of town. Right. I should not. Like, it felt largely... But isn't that what you're know. supposed to do when you're young is break down? I was not either. Like, I was a kid who... You know, it's funny that I ended up drinking so much in my 20s because in high school, I was very much the kid who was like, oh, I don't need to drink to have a good... T-. Like, yeah. I... And I was kind of a buzzkill. I was just a nerdy buzzkill. Yeah. And so other... I didn't relate well to other kids. Right, because you don't in, get invited. I was not rebellious. Right. I didn't like right. to... I liked rule following. Yeah, Frances is like that too. Good, yeah. good, so that's I good. I look forward to her alcoholic time. <laughs> <laughs> when she's 22! <laughs> well, but I think that whatever, it's a social tool. I mean, I had the same thing with smoking. Like, I cried every day when I quit smoking because I literally couldn't imagine being out socially without a cigarette. Yeah. It, it was so, which is crazy. Like, I'm a singer. But... That is really crazy. When did you quit? When I was 33 at Saturday Night Live. Oh my god. During the production of the show? Mm -hmm. That's ballsy. I did it in that weird, like, self hating, I need to remove myself from some of this social. And I didn't drink for a while at the show, too, just because it's so intense there. Yeah. Um, In a, a, you know, party crazy way that I was just like, I can't function if I participate. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like that. I I imagine the ride on that show is super high highs, super low lows, blowing off lot. It's just like a bunch of extreme. Emotions yes. up and down, up and, and down, up and down, up and, and, down, up and, down. Up and down. And when you crash, it's it, that. So eventually, you know, I was thirty-three years old. I was like, I just gotta like go home and go to bed. I can't, I can't maintain. Yeah, that that uh, you're that on sh- so little sleep. The fumes thing, it's real. And that's when I, you know, I really started to realize, like, oh, I get deeply paranoid when I'm tired. Like, I could start to see people because you know we stayed up all night on Tuesdays, and yeah. part of that is of my own making because I'm a terrible procrastinator artistically. But <laughs> you know, but also the culture. I just didn't want to miss anything. I don't like to miss anything. Yeah. So I would stay till eight every single Wednesday. Oh my god! Um, eight in the morning. Eight in the morning. And so when you're, and then you come back for read through it, you know, noon or one or whatever. So. Um, um, I would I would see people. I would see like phantoms. Oh my gosh! I mean, nothing, no grosser feeling than rolling into the glistening lobby of Thirty Rockefeller Plaza with like people in their outfits with their coffees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like they wrote a sketch about ladybugs. It was like the worst, or whatever it was. Just like kind of furry and foul. And I would eat an entire bag of Jolly Ranchers. That's a great. Well, that's got, that's that's the fuel that powers you through. Just uh, just buckets of Jolly Ranchers. Like <laughs> after I after I quit smoking, I would I would smoke a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> and then when I quit smoking, I would eat a bag of Jolly Ranchers. Like the interns would run out and get it for me. You know, I, I will it was say like a this. crazy person. I will say this, and when you get off that elevator. And you walk down the hall where it's just, you know, a photo of every cast. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you go back 
from the beginning of the cast, you eating a bunch of Jolly Ranchers is probably pretty mellow. The best thing <laughs> that people did. Ooh, yeah, probably. I think that's probably in those true. hallowed halls. I, I bet though, if you were to look historically, like a lot of women, I think you know whatever Gilda Radner was anorexic. I mean, there was a lot of like famous sort of crazy. Well, there was crazy a lot. There, there was a lot of. There was a lot of. Um, I would imagine addiction and obsession and a lot of, especially in that period of time before people really cared about weren't it. open or cared about that yeah. stuff. Like they just didn't. I, I feel bad for them. The you know the Gildas and the Belushis of the world who di- maybe didn't necessarily have the coping and the right yeah. tools to. I don't know. It's such a chicken and egg, right? Like I think it's so. It's so part of our culture and so part of what I mean. I mean, comedy culture. When I say that, I think right. that so many people are naturally born towards a high tolerance for risk, a high tolerance. You know, all, all the things we're talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know, like most comedians are, are a certain way. Yeah. And then doing comedy like really just mashes down on those nerves, all totally. those kind of obsessive, you know, like. Yep insecure addiction like and any of those things we probably do comedy because we're a little like cracked and yeah. like that's our defense mechanism oh completely and a version of it now as I'm like older because you know I, I really have thought about you so much because you're so inspiring to me creatively oh my gosh you take so many risks you embrace the creative process so openly and I this last year for me was really um, nothing but risk taking and I don't know if I'm just getting older but I I mean I am it turns out <laughs> This is weird. I feel like we might I all be doing that. <laughs> it's it's strange. But anyway, I mean, I don't know if like the wisdom of getting older or just tired or whatever, but but I, you know, I number one, I I, I gained 20 pounds this year and I gained 20 pounds kind of unconsciously and I don't care as much as I used to care in this neurotic way about right. not, I mean, I'm not, I don't feel fat or anything. I'm just like, probably Good. I'm supposed to feel, weigh this you much. You feel comfortable. Yeah, I do feel comfortable. I did change out my pants, which is a really important part of this story. Cause the, really the key to life, if you're not like hugely fat and your doctor's not like, you gotta, you gotta calm down. Right. Um, just buy new pants. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out <laughs> it's, now yeah. they'll just someone will just you, bring them to you your, your place. Pants. You don't even have pants. to go. You don't have to go get them because you know what? Nobody wants to feel tight around the middle. <laughs> so anyway, what I was going to say though is like I was beating, I was starting to flagellate myself on it. You know, whatever. Like, of course, I don't want to like gain a million pounds. I'm an actor, performer, also healthy, health wise, and whatever. But um, I don't want to spend any more time wondering if I'm an apple or a pear, <laughs> <laughs> which shape. But I did also write a friggin' album and an entire. Audible series, Soup to Nuts, which I have never done before. And there is something in that, like not spending the time and the anxiety of it, which is to say the weight is a metaphor for a total, total anxious freak out and drain circle. I set out with this Christmas album that I just did, Sugar and Booze, where I, I was like, you know, I've done jazz. I do this kind of like silly jazz, happy jazz vocal thing because it's a nice marriage for for what I do, which is both the really like serious singing Broadway stuff and then comedy. Um, happy jazz kind of lets you imp- improvise and be fun. It's very old fashioned and joyful, kind of lives in this character replaced, but it's really yeah. vocal at the same time. I don't have to like apologize yep. for being a singer. So I create. I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to do four originals on this 
album. Christmas is naturally covers because Absolutely. everybody's doing, everyone wants to hear, you know, let it snow. Um, <laughs> or worse, they want to hear or, jingle bells. Or let it snow, yeah. as we call it. <laughs> what is it? Well, when you... It, oh, let it snow. Yeah, when, right. you ha- when you hashtag yeah. and it's all together. And You're right, let it snow. I never like thought about let that. Let it snow. Darn it, let it snow. Let it snow. Oh, this is good. Um, <laughs> let, but... let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Um, so you wrote four original I wrote three. That my producer wrote one, which you already mentioned, mm-hmm. Nothing Rhymes with Christmas. I helped him, you know, ha- we had f- in the studio whenever you're collaborating, but it's his song. Um, and I, I just sort of set this goal, and I didn't mean to like swing this towards this, but it is very much about taking these risks. And I set this goal that was like, let's just try it. And I did the usual, like, you know, intestinal seizing. <laughs> the prejudgment. <laughs> the prejudgment. Yeah, well, you to write terrible. a song. Why am I doing this? Right. And you were saying the thing of like, when you're writing for the sake of, a, 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 you have a focus song I don't think we were recording when you were talking about writing your comedy songs in oh, right. Rock of Ages like similar thing because I knew that I wanted to write within the holidays so I just kind of did the artsy you know the, the, the like hippy dippy of taking the judge asking the judge to quietly sit in another room yeah 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 <laughs> um, and and whatever it's me in my living room with my friend Nicholas who is a really fun comedy songwriter he helps me like we do lyrics together he teaches music at my kids school um, and I was like, why don't you just come over, whatever, every day this week, and we'll just see what happens. I have this idea of this song, Sugar and Booze, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the best part of the holiday. The title track of the, the title, album. The titular song. The titular. The, the titular. Speaking of tits. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the titular. The titular item. Um, and I like the idea of just landing on the best part of the holidays is Sugar and Booze. So we, we um, you know, which because I'm not a religious person, so it's a great time of year to let sure. it rip. Um and so we did. We just started to play with it. And then I just got, and then I literally was like hearing songs in the shower in that dopey way. And I started to let myself record them into the phone. I wrote, you know, I knew I had the title Blue Black Friday, If I Don't Spend It On You, which I was like, that's a good lyric. I want <laughs> <laughs> so it's a sad song. It's a it's a ballad about Black Friday, and then this Finally. really dumb like the Secret Santa song, which literally was like in my head, "Call me a banana." But I went down to Havana to buy my Secret Santa a present today. I slipped on a banana, woke up in a cabana. Oh, I know si- the song. <laughs> sipping rum and orange Fanta, so I think I'll stay. And so like it's so great. So as we're writing, I was like, I wanted to do a duet with Maya Rudolph because we harmonize really well together. It was really just seemed silly and fun and kind of Cuban Cuban flair. Um, and so as we started to work on it, Nicholas literally is like, hold on, hold on. So what are, you know, you always have that money. Like, what is this about? <laughs> it's <laughs> about. And he's like, it's about a woman whose secret Santa is dating her. And she goes down to Cuba, to Cuba to look for the perfect gift for him. He's kind of an asshole. She wants to get him a cigar. She slips on a banana, cracks her head on the sidewalk, and gets woke. Okay, good. We know what this is about. It's relevant. <laughs> There's a woke anthem. For so, Christmas. For Christmas. You know, so, but as we did it again, I was just like, the, two, the one song, Sugar and Booze, I put up on its feet deliberately in concert last Christmas before we recorded it. The other two, I was like, there's no way these are going to get done. And when we were in the recording studio, we left like two hours at the end for sort of shits and grins. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, I have lyrics and I have an, I have a tune, but let's see if we can do this. And we did it. And it was the most, um, just insanely organic, exhilarating SNL style. Like we have two hours left. Mm -hmm. I'm hemorrhaging money on this thing. I have an incredible (laughs) piano player. So let's see if we can figure this jazz pianist, you know, so let's see if we can make it happen. And he did. He was like, and also I just love to like 
he's a professional. So in the Cuban music schema, there's like a Montana and a, you know, there's all these different names to the beats, like hamburger, hamburger, hot dog, hamburger. <laughs> they have all these different, right? And literally to me, I'm like, it sounds Cuban. You know, yeah. just like the worst, like that Pantone gray. There's like right. 39 colors. You're like, I'd want a gray wall, <laughs> you know? But so that's how it was funny. He took it very seriously, but it ended up being, um, so friggin fulfilling to take the risk and pay it off. Like you realize how much, how much people um, just are doing that around you. They're just trying and nobody else is judging. Yeah. But it also, what it says is that it should be reaffirming that your creative machine that it, it, sometimes I find that when I really focus on something and get something done quickly and I kind of go, I could probably do this most days of the week if I not not most of it's not going to be good. probably good or yeah, usable. Yeah, yeah. But I, if I just focused enough, you know, like your instincts would take over, your years of experience, your natural yeah. funny would take over, and you would come up with stuff. You could probably write, you know, a hundred songs in a year if you really devoted the energy to it. It's so fun. I mean, that's the. It's just. It's so. F- fun to put yourself in a position where and again when it's on you and it's your money and you're paying for the studio and you're paying for the musicians like you can get lost in the weeds of the sort of enormity of that or you can say just like SNL when I first started there was like and they supply the wigs you know like there's this feeling of like there are resources here these are we've hired talented people for a reason but it's just starting it because you if you hadn't had that two hours to do those songs you probably would have talked yourself out of it I would have Eh, you know let me work on it for a while and it's sort of like you know, like, I, I think we think of things as having to be these, they come out of us as these perfectly formed, gift-wrapped totally. items that are, you know, perfect in every way. Yeah. But that's very unrealistic. It's like, well, how would I even, I'm just not going to do it because I don't know how to get to that gift-wrapped moment. It's like, right. well, you start. You, you start. go down a path. It'll Doors will open as you just have to be confident that the doors will open as you go down. Yeah, and, and, and know that, you know, like everything, there's just a series of steps to solve a problem. And so what's the smallest step you can take first? Okay, so what do you do, though? And I'm asking because I have a personal reason for this. So what do you do? It, uh, c- is this okay to be talking about this? This is amazing to be talking okay. about this because be like you've seen – Because you got to see – you got to see the uh, – you got to see what I was working on. And yeah. You, you, it's, it's very much in a – like the songs are new on stage, like me doing songs alone oh, no. in front so of people. Is it? But I've been working on this one song for like eight months and there's a part that I can't solve. And so there is that thing of like, oh, you know, like you can just throw stuff out there. But I am really stuck on something and I cannot get past it. I mm. can't find the solve. So what do you do in those moments when... You are just beating your head against yeah. the wall over one section. We had that exact thing in Sugar and Booze because, um, again, there's we're making an effort at a nostalgic vibe song with some funny lyrics to it. But I really was hearing I, – I, like I, I like a goofy sound. I like a big, brassy – persona on mm-hmm. stage a lady with a martini glass and a you know and I, so, and I like horns I like ridiculous instruments I like glockenspiels mm-hmm. I like slide whistles mm-hmm. good but good so good we, yeah good good start um, but so we were trying to find the balance of what's funny about the song and what's a good song mm-hmm. like what's a standard that you want to hear and so it wasn't a comedy song overtly and we had a section that we went back to a million times and that was the instrumental <laughs> this is going to make you laugh but it was like should there be a glockenspiel solo? <laughs> <laughs> and you get so close to it, you can't so tell. So close. And we heard it a million different ways. And then 
we laid it down. We lived with it. It was still bothering me. I was like, is it the tempo? Is it the thing? And then it was just like, I got really busy with other stuff. And I went back in and again, sometimes what does Stephen King says? Like the story is in, it's, it's already there. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to dust off like an archeologist, you know, to find your site. You just keep dusting off and keep dusting off. And maybe with your song, you have everything but the head. And so you have to just kind of keep going back and, um, experimenting and we laid in this is not answering your question but we laid in like the way that you i heard the comedy the best part of the holidays is and i heard it i couldn't figure out what i heard but kept going bump bump sugar and booze and i literally figured i was like it needs to be the octave bump bump sugar and booze there's something much funnier and old-fashioned and maxwell healthier of bump bump on the thing and i don't know something about that did it and then and then I could let go of the glockenspiel moment. There is still a glockenspiel moment. Good. I was worried about one. that. I was concerned. It, yeah. It opens. Well, it's, it's a they're, glockenspiel. They're hard up for work these days. <laughs> the glockenspiel. It's the glockenspiel community. Um, <laughs> I wanted to make good on my, on my employment. This is their Great Depression, yeah. which is ironic because it's a very joyful sounding yeah, instrument. That's so ironic. Yeah. And there's a number of them actually that are, that are having a Great Depression. But I would say what I would, what the real answer to your question is I would actually start calling in experts. That's what I would do. I would send it to a few people and ask their opinion you know um i sent my song to mark shaman who who is a big broadway writer uh composer and wrote on snl and wrote but he also wrote hairspray and he wrote Mm -hmm. you know a million things um and he to give him he was like no structurally you're fine you could do this with the with the arrangement you could do this with the arrangement but some of which i took and some of which i didn't i think it helped helps that what's happening i'm dying (laughs) I think <laughs> too much sugar and booze. <laughs> um, wait, I shouldn't have done the octave. Oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> no More blockage meal. But I would say, yeah, bridges are funny, and I think that you probably have people that um, know how to write songs in your life. And I, I would, do. Yes. I would just literally throw I've talked it. to a couple. I've talked to a couple, just trying to figure out structurally. And then there's also parts where. But you, is, is it structural or is it's, it? It's structural and it's story wise too, because it's very much a story song. And really what it needs is someone who's much better at guitar than I am, because it's a very epic, mm-hmm. it's a very epic tale. It's, it's the... It's you need the to go song. Jack Black at it's, the end. Well, that's the thing, is that it's, it, it's that song that was basically a very mediocre bit that is now working as a song about going to buy tampons for my wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it becomes this very, like, epic... D and D style, like and it is very tenacious D, and spiritually, it's very tenacious. Okay, so it could be as simple as changing your strum, like because what we also did was, uh, so again, when I said sugar and booze, we 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 felt like it was ending too often, so we started changing sugar and booze. Like you can change around with that, you know, (laughs) so that you're ascending sometimes when you're going into the bridge. Yep. Or if I don't know if that's what you're asking, but I'm not sure. I think it's also just story wise too, because there is a story arc to the song, and there's just one part that I I haven't solved yet. But it, which is an interesting exercise, because I've never worked so much on one thing before. Yeah. And I actually like that. Because I feel like craftsmanship. When I, if and when I do solve it, it's going to be so satisfying. Because I've spent so much time just taking it apart, yeah, trying new, trying new things. And have you tried things. the thing where you're doing like some stop time and just doing it through a series of one word things? Yeah, no, no, I haven't tried that. 
That's really interesting. That's a really cool idea. You know, there's it's sometimes playing with a rhythm, and I mean, I do it all the time, and it's probably exhausting and boring to people to hear it over and over. But we always have a breakdown because, of course, I dance around a lot. So you, you know, that's always satisfying. Well, comedy songs are specific too because and key changes. Yes, key changes are great, but comedy songs are specific because it there is a balance between. The, the music can't get in the way exactly. of the comedy, but then the comedy still has to fit with the music. And so sometimes when if you're writing comedy songs, I, f- I feel like you get too married to the, well, it's got to be. The, I, was, I ran into Rachel Bloom at breakfast and I was asking her about it because she's a masterful at it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can just shorten. Like, as you go into the song, you can shorten the verse, you can shorten... It's like, oh, yeah, because it's a comedy song, right. it's more in service to the comedy than the music. Right. So you don't have to follow a structure and have these gaping holes where people are like, why are we listening to this part again? Right, and then you're under so much obligation to fill them. I'm always doing that. Like, that. hence all the slide whistles, yeah. you know, where <laughs> you're like... I do have to say, though, <laughs> I feel like I love your voice, oh. and, and I think it would be really fun to record... A song together yeah. that is all Glockenspiels, like as many <laughs> ways to Ladies celebrate and the Glockenspiel. The International Glockenspiel Foundation presents. Oh my God! They just every Glock player in the world just. Are you kidding? Became all I ever, very I mean, excited. This is like again. This is where I would love to have an. I just want an office. I want an office and people. I want like an overall deal. Yeah. Because I want to be able. Take ideas all day. I do. I just want to sit around. For example, I would like to just sit around for two months studying Jack Benny and, you know, Henny Youngman mm-hmm. and all the violin comedy in the world. Because yep. I'm a, I'm a, I played violin for 17 years. Oh my but, God. But I don't play anymore and I'm very bad now. But I'm good enough to be bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, and, you're good enough for comedy too. Exactly. So I always bust out the fiddle because who doesn't want a fiddle to be a bust out? And, but I'm not quite like, I never can actually devote the time. And I think I have probably told you this before, but for my, when I turned 50, of course, my family was like, anything, what would you like? And I was like, I want to go to Country Western Swing Camp and learn how some fiddle. And they were like, no. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get to no, do no, it? No, no, they shut me down. They were oh, like, we're not doing that. Come that's, on. that's terrible. Anything <laughs> you want, except for that. <laughs> I was like, you're so mean. Um, you said but, anything. Yeah, so I, I would love, like, that's the kind of thing that I feel like, there's just endless joy. Like Fred Armisen did the comedy, the Netflix special, just jokes for drummers. Drummers, yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I love, I've always wanted to form a bluegrass band. You have, you're speaking my language. Because bluegrass is... Hilarious. It's hilarious. And also, <laughs> what's really incredible about it is that it's, when you really break it down, you, when you imagine like the evolution of bluegrass, you know, they didn't have microphones and it's just like we have to have just a three or four instruments that cover tonically all the different like really high end stuff really low end stuff something that drives the beat and so that's why it's so fun to cover song bluegrass style because it it breaks everything down to the most rudimentary components and and you really get to see like what a song is like structurally when you simplify it. So it's a simplification process. You're right about that. Although it's super hard to it's play. It's super hard to play. I mean, like well, Chris Dealey like, is obviously a masterful at that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, even even like I will always love you is sort of in the form of bluegrass initially, like her early structure or dollies. Yeah. Um, and then the idea that somebody, to your point, took that song and made it like a the greatest ballad anthem of the, yeah. of the last decade. Yeah, but blue, blue, bluegrass is really fun because it, it just, 
it automatically has a vibe that is a fun and it's like, fun and joyful. It's fun and joyful and hardcore hardcore bluegrass players will probably be really annoyed to hear this, but it, it but it it just makes everything fun and funny to me. Totally. So one of these days, maybe maybe you'll play the fiddle and then yeah. I'll and then I'll and we can. Well, again, rock sort of a- not to be too meta again and Oprah-y about it, but again, I was trained in a very rigid way, classical violin, and again, I think one of the reasons is, and I, I do it, I, I started doing it, start taking lessons. I know you're taking piano lessons. I saw mm-hmm. your Instagram feed. I did it maybe six years ago, and then I my teacher got pregnant and moved away, whatever. So oh God, kids ruin everything. Kids ruin everything. Oh, my lessons. Um, no. Actually, my family was so over it also because I would be like fiddling the children. That involves your kids. They ruin everything. <laughs> well, my husband was a pretty, pretty big He's a giant kid. <laughs> but I actually got stuck here during Hurricane Sandy and I was shooting something. My family was in in Brooklyn where we live and our like it was one of those things where I was watching CNN talking to my husband and he's like oh we're fine don't even worry about it um, don't, and like that moment I saw my building <laughs> as like like a flood just yeah so we lived on the sixth floor which was fine but the, the building was plunged into darkness for many many days and I was stuck here it was a very weird feeling because I was I'm fine being away from my kids if I'm working, sure. but idle makes me feel like a terrible person, and it's very physical. Like I want yeah. to be home with them. Um, they were fine. They were just living like you know hillbillies. Actually, Charlie made them live in the darkness. He had like a miner's lamp in the apartment. He's like he gets really waspy. On a spit. I swear to God, he would like bring home a block of ice, you know, like every <laughs> night for the neighbors. Um, he gets real, and there there was like our neighbor, like they just got a bunch of extension cords and reached over to the next building. So like. It went through all the different windows. Oh, that's fantastic. That is the spirit of New York right there. It's slash my waspy pioneer husband. He's sure. very like pioneering. We had he's like, have LL Bean tote will do. Wasp, wasp pioneer is an amazing <laughs> sketch. Yeah, that's him. That um, is a great sketch. But anyway, so I was trapped here, and I went and I ran in a violin uh, at my friend Tony's house, and I just, that's when I was like got, totally got back into it. And he said, "I want to hear humoresque when I walk through the door," which is the dun 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 that Jack Benny used to do yep. really badly. So I spent. I, I played violin for nine straight hours for three days in a row. I did go to Trader Joe's at night and get a bottle of Shard. Wasp so then it was Pioneer. Well, that's it, Trader Joe's. I gotta go see Trader Joe. I gotta go get it's, some. It's a thrifty value. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Trader Joe. Trader Joe got these ramen noodles. Exactly. Yeah. But so that's when I had my reintroduction to to the. Did violin. you play on the album? Did you play the violin on the album? I don't play on the album. I do play live. Um, but again, I need more time. I don't. It's always at the bottom of the list, and I need my overall deal so that I can a little practice room and I can have my fiddling friend come. So this teacher came, and again, it was just like the freedom of fiddling, of just like playing up and down the scale. I just, it's. Um, being released of those rules, I would really like. But the funny thing is, is that you have to learn the rules so that you can break yeah, them. You, you do. can't. It'd be difficult to just go to that part without understanding structurally music theory, how things are supposed to work. I know, and I am a terrible music theory student. It's hard. It's really hard. And I played violin for 16 years. I was a music major. I was a voice major. And I literally, if you said to me, back to the hard drive, how many sharps and 
<laughs> D, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, because I was a soprano and a first violinist. So I, 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 it's terrible. But if you know theory, you know what you're doing. You know how to play the scale. Yeah. Well, it's I, I, I remembered it because I'm learned, I've been learning piano and guitar simultaneously, which is very interesting. But you played guitar as a kid? For, for, no. Forgive me. Because I have to say, you're really... You played Claire de Lune the other day? Or like... No, I played... Um, it was Revelle a Chopin piece. It's oh. not, it's literally the only Chopin piece I could play at my skill level. I the was really the, impressed. That motherfucker had like mitts for hands. Yeah. But it's pretty amazing. How many hours do you practice every day? It's hard to do that as a grown-up. I try, you know, like when I can, I'll squeeze in an hour. But if if not, even if it's ten minutes, I'll sit down and do something. Yeah, on both. On and both you learned guitar late. I learned it. it I started learning it in like in January. Because your... I, I mean, I had fiddle. I, I had I had noodled before, but I've never I'd never played in front of people until February. Okay, so I I took lessons one summer when I was doing SNL, and it was like being in college, and I loved it. Um, and I used it comedically, but I never could play live. I would have other people dub for me because I was I would hold it. I would just get too nervous to play yeah. and sing. And I'm, it's really hard. It's a whole other learning curve. You can play by yourself and go, oh, I got this. And you get in front of people. It's and you're terrifying. Like, My hands don't work. And they're all sweaty. They don't know what. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. I'm impressed by that. Oh, well, once you like, yeah, but the great thing about comedy is that I can be honest with people and say, like, I'm learning how to do this. But January, that's a year. It's almost a year, yeah. And in, and it, it but I, I can fuck up in front of people and it's okay. Like that's part of the yeah. the thing. And so that's really helped. But but what I but the music theory on guitar is very hard for me to visualize, but it's very easy on a piano because it's so linear. Yeah. But the guitar is such a weird shape instrument, it's like, oh that's the G and then two over and two down, okay, that's the oh octave. My God. You know, that's another one. And so it um but here's what I remembered from the keyboard is, you know, uh, w- when you go down C, D, E, F, G, A, B, uh, that it yep. goes, uh, I remember it this way, zero two four zero one three five. Oh my so, God, math. So zero, go. C has zero sharps, oh D my. has uh, two, E has four, F has zero because it's a flat, um, and then... Listen to this guy. G has one sharp, and then A has three, and B has five. So zero two four and then one three five is how I remember. That's how I remembered. Zero two four one three five, starting with starting with C and F is a has a B flat, so it doesn't have a sharp in it. But C has zero sharps, D has two, E has four. Then you skip F. G has one, A has three, B has five. So zero two four one three five. That's how I remember. Is that your passcode? That's my passcode. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, I gotta change everything now. Sorry, friend. God, uh, Anna. That's that's deep. So that's how that's I remember a, you're, that. You're 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 ahead of us. No, synaptically. Uh, but, but but the but the violin, I can't even fathom because there's no frets on it. So you have it's to. So it's just literal. It's just one, two, three, four. It's just right up and down the scale. It's very intuitive. It's but, not actually. Yeah, it is. But you have to hit the exact right spot without the marker. Yeah, that's of a fret. being. That's where you learn when you're six. Yeah, that's the part that comes into your head early. Do either of your kids play instruments? Yeah, they both play. I made them both play piano. I was very mean about it. Good. Um, because it's <laughs> so truly like the most mean gavel throwing I've ever, dropping I've, I've done as a mother. Just like straight up, you may not quit. Yeah. Um, I think I told my daughter, you have to play five years. Because again, to your point, I really am, people who play piano, number one, it's a very social instrument. I, I was very lonely playing the violin. I didn't enjoy it. I was like a nerd with an eye patch and glasses and yeah. a violin, you know. So um, 
and even if you say like, but you were in chamber group, you know, like that's not going to cut it. <laughs> my mother would be like, we sent you to Gettysburg. I went to Gettysburg College Chamber Music Camp. Oh Can you imagine a more depressing camp? And now you can't go to fiddle camp? You yeah. should get to go to I fiddle know, camp just because. I literally was the girl that would do like lip syncing Funky Town, like in the, like, for, <laughs> like just to like get friends. I was so not a fit for that place, you know, because on your days off, you would go to Civil War battlefields. Like it was just such a drag. Oh, God. A Sassoon wearing 13 year old. You need to go old. back there. Yeah. yeah. Do bluegrass camp and yeah. then do some civil war. I got to rewrite. I, you're actually, Won't you take me I, to Funky Town? Pew, pew. Won't you take me to Funky Town? That's like, so true. I actually now would be really interested in the in the in the battlefields, but you know whatever. Um, times do change. They do change, but things become more interesting. That's why we take in vistas. This is one of my things about being a grown up. Nobody likes a vista before the age of thirty five, and then all of a sudden you're like, look at the vista. Hold on, we've got to pull over. Look at the vista. <laughs> It's like an adult moment. Who the fuck cares about a vista when you're nine? You're like, that's great. It's 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 the sky. <laughs> and then now, now, like, so oh, pull over. Well, because you know, after 35, like, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to get to see. Oh my god, I know. You and you're like the marvel. Yeah. Just the lighting against the hills. Yeah. I yeah, know. Exactly. I know. It's so true. Exactly. But um, yeah, so things change. But uh, what we were talking about, Spaghettiesburg. We were talking about music. We were talking about music. Oh, so piano. Yeah, I made them take it because I I I really regret not knowing the fundamental of it. I want. I want my kids to be able to play Happy Birthday if they had to in a hotel lobby. Right. Um, you know, if they were called upon. <laughs> you know, or that guy who's in the airport. They, you know, some of the airport terminals have pianos. I love that. And then people just get. I know just, it makes me cry every time I walk by them. There's just human beings sitting down to play the piano for other. It's people. just like it's just like David Helfgott and Shine. He just needed to play. Oh. He had to go into that restaurant because <laughs> they had locked up his piano because everyone was oh shitty God, to him. So true. Um, but yeah, so. I did make them play and I screamed and yelled at them and now they know how to play. Well, that's, that's good, good though because I, I think that discipline is helpful because you're sure. teaching them how to learn the structure of something Yeah, and they can apply that to a lot of different things. And they do reach a point where they sit down and they play every day just like you were describing. My daughter, not so much anymore and then I made her stick what she signed up for trombone which initially, I, there's, a, there's a teacher at, well, it's a comedy instrument yeah. so I was like, we, that's what we do in this family. Yeah. We, Your mother likes slide whistles, glockenspiels and trombones. Get to it. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, we've got to get the family act together. So uh, we're she, the tromboners. Yeah, she was going to quit. This is so perfect. She was going to quit because it's the trombone. Yeah. And uh, then one day in class, I was like, "You can't quit. Sorry, you signed up." It was just like at school. So I was yeah. like, "You got to do it for the year." And then uh, somebody did something stupid, and she went, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and, and she got she got a laugh, house laugh, <laughs> full house laugh with round with round. And then she felt, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then she was I've like, "I'm sticking with it." Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she saw the upside. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then, uh, yeah, so she still plays. She's going to play until the minute she graduates, and then she's going to run for the hills. Because I'm like, you got to do, you know, she taps and plays trombone. I'm like, come on, that's that's gold. She wants to be a director. She's like, I'm not doing it. I'm quitting. That is so, spectacular, yeah. though. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it was. It made me happy, too. But now I mean, she that, won't really The perfect moment. Yeah, that was the last happy moment of it. I do want to make it clear, by the way, that most of what I play are uh, songs that second graders play. I have, I have a book I called disagree. Piano Town that I learn like Won't basic. you take my two? Piano Town! <laughs> Piano Town! <laughs> 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 we have a winner! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna fucking learn Funky Town. Yes, you I are. I have an app called Music Notes. It's where I get all my sheet music from. I'm gonna fucking get Funky Town. Yes, you are. It can't be hard to play. But I do. Have, I'm really. I really am impressed because I feel like even just in the year of violin, it was so hard. It was so hard. It's just hard as a grown up. Everything. I have great admiration for because I. I'm gonna be honest with you. So. We've been, whatever, like three years ago, we're like, we're just going to try to say yes to new shit. We're going to try to, whatever it is, like the new restaurant. And I am incredibly averse to that. I'm a tourist. I like things just so, I feel like, so I've been kind of cheating. Like I went back to the violin. I went back to skiing. I hadn't skied for 30 years, but I went back to it. Yep. And I've been counting that as new. Yep. It's not really new. But it is in a way. Because you haven't been doing it. I think if you haven't been doing it in the last five or 10 years, it's new again. What about French and Spanish? Because uh, I did those too. Still okay. You know why? Because I feel like you appreciate them on a different level. And I don't think I don't think you have to like. Well, I got to learn Russian because I learned French and Spanish before. But I still think that it still is a new. We may experience. need to learn Russian. All of us. Actually, now that I think about it, it's, it's pretty practical. <laughs> Wait Just a minute, say. guys. We're trying yeah. something. Da da da. But it, it. But I think it counts because it's new to you again. Because it's not. It's not something that is um, it, you. You would have to study it again to get. Yes, it. but Charlie, like Charlie's gotten really into um, Boston Whalers because mm-hmm. he was so scared of like he didn't know anything about there. We go to this little island in the summer, and they have again. This is deeply relatable. We have um, <laughs> our boat has been a real wake up call. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh right. But again, I admire it because it's something that he never did before, and you know, he was like, I want to learn how to like drive a boat like I think it's kind tie of tie like, a knot yeah exactly like a slip knot and stuff and I mean I would he's like, he got himself certified or whatever like safety I would go to bed and listen to him on like the internet class going like starboard <laughs> leave <laughs> I'm like night. I'm out I'm gonna go fiddle alone with a bottle of wine <laughs> honey if you want to fool around I'll be in the aft you want to do it in the aft Come on, I'll be fiddling okay. in the aft <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I, I tell you why that's important is because if we have to continue to grow or we shrivel yeah, and die. We do. And especially, like, as you get older, you want to make sure you're using your brain. And so if you are engaging in things, even if you did them 30 years ago, it's just good for your mind and it's good for your soul. It is. But I want to try officially more because I just, I think we don't try things where I admire the piano more than I admire what I have done because I feel like uh, those are really the growth areas. Like, honestly, even... You know, I've written a lot of sketches, but this this Audible series that I also... We, so I basically have this album, and I was trying to monetize it. And my good friends at Broadway Video were like, hey, we have a deal with Audible. Why don't you pitch a show using your music, you know? Oh, that's and, great. Which was a great idea. And so we, I worked with um, an old friend from the Groundlings who uh, is now, like, a legit playwright. Like, she has a play at the Public Theater this oh, year. Oh, wow. She's a grown-up, proper grown-up. <laughs> a real live grown-up. I mean, but she, like, left comedy behind, which I did on purpose. I reached out to her because I knew she would be more structural yep. than I am um, structurally experienced I should say and we wrote this eight part miniseries for Audible which was incredibly fun I know you're, you've are you been in this sphere a long time but again just like thinking about story from um, you know from an Audible standpoint is really 
interesting and soup to nuts, you know, like pitching something, writing the outline, you know, writing the first draft from the outline, recording it, recording, casting it, listening to the voices, editing the voices, which is incredibly hard actually, um, to figure out, like we have a lot of party scenes. So figuring like waterfalling all these voices and how does the, how does the dialogue you want come forward? It's weird without the visuals, um, in this world. And anyway, so it ended up being very educational and really, really, really fulfilling. But also because when you're young, you kind of do stuff more because you need to. It's like, oh, I need to do this. You know, I got to work. I got to yeah. make money. I need to yeah, do better. I need to do And then getting to a place where you can just do stuff because you like to. Yeah. Because it's enjoyable. Totally. You know, like, and also you know how to... You you know how to seek out complementary partnerships. That's like these are my strengths. Yeah, you have a different set of strengths. Let's make a fun thing. Every different person you work with will create a different chemical bond that will produce totally. a, a slightly different um, entity, a different tone I comple- of something. Completely, and and you. Um you get better at saying I'm not good at this one thing and I'm not, I feel bad about that about, you yeah. know, I'm okay learning and I want to learn. Look, I don't think it's a perfect show, obviously. Like nobody's ever going to say that about their, their work, but, um, I, <laughs> It'd be funny if you did. I have to say it's a perfect it's, show. It's a perfect audible miniseries. Kind of, if you like perfection, they should it's, quit. It's, <laughs> They're going to close their show. Their You're show. welcome. Audible. Yeah. No, I mean, whatever. I don't know what people are like it or, or not, but, but I will say that I, I do feel like I told the story I wanted to tell, I really love the cast. I love the voices. I love the intimacy of the audible thing. Um, Telling a story in an intimate way. I feel like it's so intimate. And especially now because people consume so much content. Like when we were growing up, a person's album, their comedy album, their music album, whatever, defined them for the next period of time. And if it was good, it went one direction. And if it wasn't good, that could take them in a different direction and they'd really have to dig out of a hole. But now it's like you can make stuff, and I think this is good, without having to judge it so much or feel like it has to be perfect because, yeah. you know, whatever. If it works, it works. If it's not, you just go make another thing, yeah. you know? And if it, do- if it doesn't work, then no one will remember that. <laughs> yeah, you I know? hope so. Like, <laughs> I mean, and you learn so much each time. You just le- Have you written a lot of scripts? No, I mean, I wrote... Um, I wrote no, I haven't written really any like screenplay stuff. I wrote a a sitcom pilot with David X. Cohen last pilot season. We sold a show and then it didn't get picked up. But it but but that process was really fun. Like yeah. writing with different people is fun. I think so too. Because everyone has a different skill set and a different yep. like, oh my God, that's how you learn to do that. It's just fun. It's, it's really it's fun. And it's uh, for me, again, this is I, I've always collaborated, but I'm especially loving it these days because I feel like um, you could admit to, you know, these Google Docs, you're literally re- leaving the comments like, I hate this joke, help! Yeah, but you if know, you're a then, procrastinator too, it makes you accountable to someone. That is everything. And you're 100% true. Sorry, I pointed at you. No, no, I that's got fine. excited. I don't mind. Um, but no, and that's... Oh, that you're be- hurting me. Because I feel accountable to my colleagues way more than I do to, like, the paycheck. Yeah. You know, like, even though I should feel... You know, the, the self-hate comes in on, like, I can't believe I haven't written this. But with a friend, you're like, or, or colleague. I'll do it for them. You're like, shit, like, she's waiting for these pages. i got to send something. And knowing that I can say to, to Mona or to, you know, I'm writing another thing with Rachel Dratch right now, like, that I can just say, like, I have nothing here. But, or, or I tried this. Do you like it? Or, oh, my God, I thought of something. And to have that, that constant feedback and affirmation of, like, the excitement of going into the Google Doc and having them ha 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 at something that stupid that you wrote, yeah. or, you know, like that's a great feeling. Yeah, um, that's a great feeling. I love collaborating. I would. I. I don't know how you do stand up. 
Well, I mean, it's sort of a collaboration with the audience. That's true. You know, like in, in, in a weird sort of way. And I have friends that if I'm stuck on something or if I have ideas and I'll go, I don't know, can I just bounce this off yeah. you and see how it lands? Because I'm like you. I like to be in a room. I like yeah. to, I'm, I'm riffy. I like to get riffy. Yeah. And so I don't write. Get riffy a, with it. Get riffy. <laughs> I don't write from a place of like, now I am... I force myself every morning at breakfast to just like try to write anything, whether it's new bits or going and doctoring up old bits or new song ideas wow. or whatever. But, but with, but in really, I I can't like sit down and write like here is all of the comedy that I'm going to write as a big long paragraph. Like I just like riffing. Oh, okay, I should write that down. Yep. But I but in my head, it just doesn't it just doesn't work. Do unless... you keep little notebooks? What's your process? Um, I I use uh, I use a note taking app. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I use a note-taking app, and then of course, and it syncs on all the devices. And wait a minute, what is it? Evernote. Oh, you use Evernote? Yeah. I can't figure out Evernote. It's great. The only this will thing- be good for me. This will be my learning area. <laughs> it's really simple. I mean, but even now, like you know, like Apple's Notes app That's syncs they- on yeah. all of the. But Evernote's really good because you can tag everything and you can create different notebooks. Um, the only thing you can't do that is astonishing to me is that you cannot. You can only organize all of your notes one of two ways, either alphabetically or by by date, like that it was modified or created or something. But oh. you can't – like I can't rearrange them into any order I want them in. I know. And that drives me crazy. Because I want, a, that, I I want a whiteboard in my head. You know, like I want something in my device. There are whiteboard apps. There are like mind mapping apps. There are totally apps for that. Absolutely. Because I, I want like this th- – because you're similar – you know, we – you have nine things going and you want to make sure that like, I don't know. I, I feel like I've always wanted a big whiteboard in the sky where I can just keep my little lists going, you know, of like, again, with the album, the audible thing, this, this, this movie that I'm pitching with Dratch, this, you know, like, it's like you always have nine, I have concerts coming up. Put press. up a whiteboard. I need a whiteboard. Just get a whiteboard. They're, I find them aesthetically unpleasing. This is a big problem. <laughs> How do I do it in a way that anyone wants to look at it? Well, you could... Hi-oh. Hi-oh. Everybody. Here we go. Don't oh. go to the bathroom yet. I don't know why I just turned into Ted Knight from Caddyshack. <laughs> ah, wow. oh, oh. How about a fresco? <laughs> um, but uh, you know what you could do? <clears throat> so you get your you get your whiteboard, see? Okay. Oh, my God. This is going to... Oh, fuck. Fucking... Uh, this is a fun idea. So... <laughs> You get your whiteboard. Is this going to be crafts oriented? This cra- it's crafty as AF. Okay, <laughs> so you get a whiteboard. All right, you get your whiteboard. Frame it. Hi oh. Double side. Frame it, and then you can like hang it from picture wire, and then you can flip it, and you put art on the other side. Oh, that is good. And then you can hide it in plain sight, hey guys. The way Gus Fring told Walter White to act as a drug dealer, hide this, in plain uh, sight. This is why you get paid the big bucks. I, I don't get paid to do that, but it. Uh, but then you could have your art on one side, then you flip it, and then whiteboard on the other side. I really like this. Guys, sometimes see this is you. This is the the walkaways here is, are <laughs> bluegrass band, mm-hmm. whiteboard art, whiteboard art, <laughs> hashtag, whiteboard art, hashtag whiteboard art. Yeah, I got, oh, now I, I like got to manufacture that. We've gotten yeah, exactly right. Nerdist Enterprises. No, that's not, it's not yours anymore. It's not, my, not mine anymore. No. But don't but do it. That doesn't don't, matter. Don't give him. No, 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 no. Patent it. <laughs> do you ever? It's IP. I don't know how many times I've been out places and I have thought of what I think is a great idea and then I park the website and then I uh, look at the web domains that I own and I'm like, why did I park 
DudeMyNipplesAreHuge.com. Well, I wish you had parked on a gas tire because I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have thought of me in the 80s, Fred. <laughs> Someone who has Anagastire? Some Greek guy. Some, like, Greek tycoon. We've tried for years. Is his name Anagastire? It is not. He just got smart, and early on, he bought it up. And, and every year I go to GoDaddy, oh, way too much money. I mean, it's my fucking name. It, there's nobody else named Anagastire. There are two really... It's a weird combination of names. I should have changed it to begin with. It should be, like... Sarah Johnson. I'd be much more famous oh if people God, could say my name. No, no, no. Anna Gasteyer has good SEO. That's because if someone searches you on Google, you're the only one that comes up. Right, but she says it wrong. Oh. Really wrong. Shit. I just posted about it. <laughs> she says, Anna Gasteyer. Who says this? Oh. The Google lady. The Google lady. Yes. Yeah. She, but- she butchers it. Anna Gasteyer. So I have I have part names of every SNL cast member. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will Stavros. get their names. Stavros. Yeah. I mean, I, I bought I have Anna Gasteyer in concert. That's my that's my URL for like. What about Anna fucking Gasteyer.com? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should be. Damn it! Did you buy that already? It's not too late. Oh. You know what? You should just park. You just park it. Anyway. I'm gonna park it. Anna fucking Gasteyer assholes.com. Assholes. Wouldn't it be funny if the Greek guy saw that one coming too? Nice no. tie. Hey, I already have that yeah. one. You are a douche. <laughs> Why is he Russian? I don't know. Because we're just doing. Stop Russian. We're just doing, a just Russian part, Greek. He's just a <laughs> Russian Greek. He's Russian. He's, my, he's to basically my ancestry.com quarter. That's crazy yeah. that he won't. And, the, and the, so is it like 5,000, 10,000, 15,000? Like, what does he want? It's for it? more than that. I mean, it's enough. I would pay. Honestly, I would pony up five grand if I could have my fucking name back. But he, it's been. Um, Did you make an offer of five grand? It was something in the in the six figures at some point. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. I, do, I haven't looked it up in a long time. But the business and GoDaddy can't get it, and I, every year he renews it right before it comes oh, up. It's well, such an extra got an prick. Auto renew. Yeah, yeah. He's but it's always like within 24 hours. But it's like, it's like you're a, not a corporation. Like that's it's really crazy. unfair. No, it's really unfair. And maybe I should go back and revisit it. But it makes me crazy. Maybe you should take. Find out his name. <laughs> I, this is maybe maybe another series to pitch a docu series about you traveling to Greece to try to get your try name to find my tycoon to that, get to get your that's, URL that's, back. Yeah, that's and even if you don't get it back, it just sort of shames the guy into like just give her the fucking. That's true. URL. It's like a Roger and me. Yeah. <laughs> Situation, but, but of of your own personal. I mean, domain. I did do that when I got verified on on Twitter. I literally shamed Twitter by by staging a campaign and holding holding up signs like. And my, then you finally got. Your I name. held up a sign that said, "This is my Arab Spring." <laughs> <laughs> Just all of these different. I got like everyone that I knew that was verified. Yeah, as as much as possible to try to get it, and it actually started trending. Which was really exciting at the time. And then in that great way, my publicist called and like, hey, great news. We called Twitter and got you verified. <laughs> I was like, uh, and you killed the PR. Thank you so much. <laughs> but it worked. It worked, yeah. You still got it. I, I hope you're it. able to get anagastire.com someday. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we should get start a change.org petition. <laughs> Don't you feel there might be bigger fish to fry right now? There is a change.org petition right now. There is a change.org petition that has been going on for years that is my favorite, which is oh, no. some guy decided to start a petition. <laughs> he wanted to <laughs> he wanted to change the name of ants to spicy boys. And it's a legit it has thousands. I admire the drive and focus. <laughs> and there's like a little MS paint ant with flames coming off it on the as a picture. Change ants to spicy boys. 
I don't know what to say, except that I hope that it happened before the election. Katie, how many... Can you just look up Change Ants to Spicy Boys and That's let's see what, see what the count is up to that right now? He's up to 158,000 signatures. Rename Fire Ants to Spicy Boys. What? And look, these people are doing it now. Yeah, we're watching it. Do you it. think they're also signing other things? I don't know. Maybe they, are, maybe, maybe they will sign the petition to uh, get your name back on anagastire.com. Uh, I have to leave here in 14 minutes. I just saw the time on that. All right. I have an airplane to catch. What? I have an You're airplane. You're going back already? I've got to go back. I've got, I've got, I've got songs to shill. When? First of all. <laughs> I've got to do a Barnes & Noble in-store. <laughs> your album is great. Thank and your you. voice is amazing. Thank and you. And before we go, I just want... No, we don't have to stop one, now. We have 14 minutes. one vocal tip before you leave. Because oh. Because I blow my voice out. I had to start taking voice lessons because I... I learned how to. I never learned how to sing properly. I, I I just learned how to melodically shout, and so I create all my sound through my throat. Right. And she's breathe. trying to teach me to breathe. expand my intercostal muscles and use. She says the breath becomes the song, and I've been trying. Do you to giggle make every time she says the, diaphragm? I, <laughs> <laughs> That's du rigueur. <laughs> oh, stop it! Oh, that's so inappropriate. Uh, but uh, so I do need a vocal tip. But um, so. There's a, you are a well-oiled comedy machine, and I hope that you just keep making and generating as much stuff that, that makes you happy as possible. I know we can't talk about it, but the thing that you're doing with Rachel Dratch is so fucking cool, and I'm so excited about Hopefully it. Hopefully that'll happen and we can come I back and talk about really it. I really hope that that happens. I'm basically going to inhabit Christmas, I think, for the rest of my life. I mean, sure. because it's fun. Sugar, it's, I, I do. Look, Sugar and Booze is... It's it's there's lots of like I said traditional favorites on there. There's secular seasonal favorites, as I like to say. Um, one one song for the Jews and one for the Christians. Fantastic. Um, and then everything else is just you know of the season because I really did want to make an old fashioned record that feels a little bit contemporary and that feels um, that sounds like marketing speak. But I did want a record you could put on. And throw a Christmas party, but you you also covered uh, "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch," which is great. It's an amazing song. It's lyrically fantastic. So I just I wanted to lean in. I was nervous about it because, again, it's a woman's voice on it. So I just wasn't sure if that was good. But we do it over a, an octave and a half. I'm actually doing the Sam, I'm performing with the San Francisco Symphony on December seventh, and we are doing that orchestrally. And oh my I am God, so Where, excited. In San Francisco. In San Francisco. Um, I'm here at Largo. I'll say all my dates. I'm here at, here in New, LA at Largo on December third. Third, mm-hmm. I'm at Joe's Pub, um, November 30th, July, uh, I mean, July. I'm going to do Christmas in July. <laughs> no, importantly, actually, Nashville City Winery, Atlanta City Winery. Um, I'm really looking forward to being there because I haven't really performed in that part of the country. I'm in uh, Chicago. So it's all up on Anna Gasteyer in concert.com. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> you drive a drive a train through the rage hole. Um, yeah, I know. But, uh, the yeah. regular agatastar.com will get no. you a lot of no. recipes with feta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anagastireandconcert.com has all the all the tour dates. But I'm really looking forward to doing it live because it's been a labor of love. The musicians are fantastic. I'm making them all wear bow ties. Oh, um, we're getting dressed up. It's a holiday festive affair. That is fantastic. Um, and and then the 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 audio show is on audible.com. It's a um, for members audio it's an original member bonus so it's been given to everybody who has an audible.com subscription i have one of those on december 6th i can't wait to listen yeah to and it. a lot of fun people in that a lot of fun comedy people i have uh, maya rudolph is the co-starring and rachel dratch and um so my sisters in comedy and 
uh, Tim Bagley and Mike Hitchcock. Oh, Tim's so They're funny. so funny. They're so funny. Did you ever see his Oscar one-man Nunez. show about working at the Playboy Mansion? Yes, I did. Oh, He's so an unbelievable comic. So um, they're all on it. Um, and Oscar Nunez. We, we, we got a lot of really fun people to participate. And I partake. am so happy for you. And also... It delights me to no end. Like when I come and perform in New York and you say, can Charlie and I come to We love show, it. I love, I just love you guys so much that I, it, it delights me to it's see our, you. It's our fall tradition. Oh my gosh. I know. I love it. You've, you've come a couple years in a row. Yeah. 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 I, well, I mean, Caroline's is a great club. Do you go for one of the festivals or do you just go? I've done your Oh, for Comic-Con. Before, but I, but I, uh, but I came this year during New York Comic Con because right. I was there already for right. you know the Walking Dead stuff, and so uh, I know, and I miss my days on a sci-fi show because that really was a great. All we, the only press we did was Comic Con, and it, we, it was so incredibly fun to go do that. Charlie and I are good for any kind of a but you, convention situation. But I really hope that you. I hope I get to. See, I want to see. I want to see your Largo show. Yeah, and, please and come. I'm just glad that you're touring. Yeah. Well, so, good. Well, there'll be a Glockenspiel. I just, I literally just ordered oh one God. for my for my player. <laughs> I'm gonna start sending you it's, Glockenspiel riffs. You and, bet. And, and then just brunk, like brunk, brunk, brunk. my, I wonder how many Glockenspiels we could fit into one song. Like we've got to do it. It's like you'll have the high end stuff, the low end stuff, some yep. mid stuff, like harmonies, like, and then it'll just it'll just be like we're in inside uh, a snow globe, but instead of drops of snow, it's uh, they're all glockenspiels. Yeah. Well, we've got glockenspiel. We've got um, a lot of slides, a lot Good. of trombone slides. Good. Natch. <laughs> Very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cowbell. Yep, of course. <laughs> it goes without saying. Of course. And it's legit. We're really using it. And a Montana Cuban beat on Secret Santa. So oh, we have some, and some killer trumpet playing. Which always fills my soul with. I like horns. I really love horns. So, lastly, um, bo- just vocal, vocal. Tip. Oh yeah, the tips. Okay, so what do you need to know? You want to know warm ups? You want to know everything? I do is terrible for singing. I talk a lot in podcasts. Yes. I do stand up. Yes. You know, I talk a lot in my car on yes. the phone yes. because it's a mobile office, and so um, I'm trying to learn how to talk just using breath instead of like I'm tensing up to force air through right. my throat so you definitely want to relax of course the biggest tip I have is a medical tip or like a herby 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 horseshitty yes earthy crunchy tip yes so when you know do you take arnica do you know about arnica I've heard of it isn't that for like bruises yes. and stuff so when I did wicked I would take the pellets um, those little arnica Montana 30 cc pellets those little blue things that people okay. sell you know what I'm okay. talking about no they're at Whole Foods okay. or like Erwan or whatever and you did let them dissolve in your if they're Erwan they're like a thousand dollars yeah it's a thousand dollars too <laughs> um, you, do, you just let these little pellets dissolve in your in your mouth in your throat right before you perform and right after and it, it basically just stops swelling and bruising in your throat without it being ibuprofen which you can burst a vocal cord with which is really important oh yeah and, you know I, I, don't, I don't take that for that yeah, yeah. and water I mean it's, it's boring but water might be the biggest help for me. Um, the singers all do arnica, tons of water, and something called mucinex. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the yeah. little phlegm guys? Those the, little, little, the little phlegm guys. By the way, who thought of that? And by the way, why hasn't it been written, rewritten? Like, I love that they're just like, the, the phlegm guys are popular. Well, you feel sorry for them. It's like, oh, no one will give them a break. I don't feel sorry for them. <laughs> I feel upset by them. I want to see a whole holiday special of just <laughs> that's, those That's a those great idea. Guys. Write it down. Remember, come on, California. By the URL. They're the California raisins of now. <laughs> Remember when the California raisins got their to, own I special want you to look and everything? Up your, I want you to look up your uh, bookmarked yeah, URL. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But, Slim but Guy's Christmas special. I had him snake a camera down my throat. No polyps, but my Good. throat is just always... But you're very resonant. Just inflamed. My throat's always inflamed, and I have a, I have a uh, deviated septum, and I yeah. think I have allergies, but you then my vocal do. coach is like, but you... You talk and sing wrong all the time, so that's probably inflaming your throat. What about heart? Just like acid reflux. I that I got got that too. All of it. Yeah, I have it too. Um, uh, it's part of the. It's it's part of the. I, I mean, whatever. I like food. So, yeah, I do um, too. Yeah, and it's like yes, if I if I ate like a you know if I just ate like a rabbit, then my throat would probably be I maybe and one of those really marriage ending pillows that. <laughs> Where you're tilted upwards through the night. Oh, I mean, there's only my so poor much. wife constantly yeah. is just like, you need to roll over, you're snoring. No, you're snoring. No, it's me, actually. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. You're going to end up with one of those masks, aren't you? The, oh, the CPAPs? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, any minute now. Um, but, yeah, so I would say the Arnica, the water, and then the Mucinex really does help anything allergy. It's, it, it's really a miracle thing. Can you take it every day? Every day. And actually, lots of singers take one every day. Not Mucinex DM, just Mucinex? Not DM. That'll speed you out, and then you'll be like a meth head. Yeah, because I was... I was trying to. I was taking Claritin uh, a lot. Yeah, and that makes me real jittery. Shaky. Although I take the generic, and it doesn't make me jittery. Really? I don't know why. The pseudo, the generic pseudoephedrine. Loratadine. Oh, oh, Lorata, oh, the Loratadine. Oh, yeah, because the is Claritin D, the D is the pseudoephedrine. The D I think. is the stuff they make meth with. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have to sign for it because you're right. That's why it's behind lock buy, and key. Go behind the lock and key. Yeah. So good for meth, bad, bad for your voice. For the voice, it turns out. <laughs> it turns yeah. out. Yeah. Just the break. If you want to be a meth singer, right? Good for you. Good for you. Go for it. So you don't want the DM, but you take one of those a day. I'm sure. Once again, the people are loving this conversation. You know um, what? Though honestly, I've talked to so many people who have the same problem, and obviously the air quality in Los Angeles is fucking garbage. So that's, that's why not I take helpful. a Claritin the minute I land here. But um, but just the regular Claritin with. The, just the not the D. I take the generic, Loratadine. Just Loratadine, okay. Yeah, I take it. I take it as soon as I get to LA, and I take one mucinex a day when I'm working. Um, it just thins. It's gross, but it thins out everything. So you're not, as I understood it when I, because I really had to be scoped a bunch of times when you know when you do Wicked, it's it's no fucking joke. It's like the Olympics of vocal work. Yeah, and you are. Um, it's eight times a week, Jesus. and you're and there's a ton of artificial smog, smog and. Smoke and fog. Right. In that show. So I'm a little sensitive to it. So my throat was always trashed between the singing and that fog. So uh, I just did everything I could possibly do. And so I took that Arnica and that Mucinex. And as I understand the Mucinex, so you don't get those ugly green character guys. Yeah. Um, they stick on your throat. They can cause laryngitis and, and, and cause damage. And Oh, my God. I can't wait to start taking this stuff. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel like a million bucks. This is great news. I look forward to feedback. I really, really, really appreciate it. And the Arnica is just, it just says Arnica. It's just Arnica tabs. Arnica. Arnica. Yeah, they're little pellets. Ask them for the little pellets. They're in a blue tube. When you say pellets, it makes me feel like my wife has to shoot it into the back of my throat no, with a straw like, like a microscopic. horse. they're microscopic. They're tiny and they dissolve in your mouth. Okay. Do you... Do, she probably takes the homeopathic stuff. She's California. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's from Connecticut. Oh. But she's a, a transplant. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone in California does Arnica. They're proud. Yeah, like probably. Everyone does Arnica. You know, it's like the thing. All right. So good luck with it. But, Listen. Uh, and tea? Do you drink tea? You're not a caffeine guy. I, I drink a little caffeine in the morning, but I, I should drink more tea. Black tea. Black tea. So the old ENT thing, if you're really screwed, this is a good one. Come on around to Anna's Vocal Corner. No, it's, um, this is I'm, I'm not kidding. So many friends of mine have this problem. Okay, so the old ENT trick was you take you take a you take a pot of the pasta. Yes, and the pasta, and then you eat the pasta. <laughs> you take a big pasta pot. Yep. You boil 
20 black Lipton tea bags in it. Okay. You take the towel. Uh, the towel goes over your head. You put your face over it. Okay. It's hot as fuck. Yes. Um, and you set the timer for 20 minutes. Oh, my God. So you black tea steam your you sinuses. You black tea steam your sinuses. You might blow some amazing shit out. Yep. You huff, you huff it. Yep. Back to the meth. Yep. You huff. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of Walter White in here. You, you huff it, and it, it, it is a miracle worker. Do you do any of the neti pot stuff? Do you flush Not out? Not anymore. Honestly, another marriage under. I mean, it, there's a point at which my husband was like, I, I, I love you, but I can't with... Because every time I'm really working vocally, there's I go to really neurotic. <laughs> right, right. It's very hard not to. So um, I did it and did not. But eventually I feel like maybe it kind of just wasn't working. I don't know. All right. To okay, continued. so I'm going to try all these. I hope to see you again soon. Same. Please tell Charlie I said hello. I will. He was actually in town uh, last night. We had bizarre crossing of the ships moment where he was flying in for a meeting, and I was there. And you don't have to say this if you don't want to, but did you? Did we do it? Do on the SATs? Did we do it? Didn't you take them the um, day? <laughs> she took them the day you came to the show. She t- took them the day she went. Here. She took them right. She t- she took them. <laughs> very clear. Honestly, I spent about as much as those gals did on tutors. So <laughs> like at this point, I would have wish I just bought the score. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on, um, you guys. Uh, she applied early to the College of Her Choice. Great. She did. I'm going to have a little tiny brag. She won a. She's a young arts finalist in playwriting. That's like the like national merit of like creative stuff. That's amazing. So that was, that was exciting and a good little like waiting time win. That's cool. So she's um she's if if she does well, they go to like they go to Miami for a week with all the other art artists and writers, and then I guess it's like a presidential scholarship oh my contention God. thing. And then you get to meet Betsy DeVos. Yep. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so there's a win. <laughs> well, I, I love she, you. Yeah. I love you. Please tell everyone I said hi. The feeling is mutual. Come back anytime. Or I'll come hang out with you in Yeah, New you York. just come hang out. It's perfect. And we'll this go to awesome. Fiddle Camp. I love it. All right. I'm going to pee and go to the airport. The end. The end. Him. Him. Anna, Anna's lift is two minutes away, but after we turned off the mic, she told me that she uh, narrated a thing called, uh, what was it for PBS? Well, I've done two nature specials. So I did I did a squirrel documentary. It aired last Thanksgiving. God, that's great. It was one of the greatest moments. I, I, first of all, so relaxing and so soothing to hear your own voice. Um, just very quiet. It's like three hours of going and like... squirrel adjacent. Like, and, and just to keep saying things like, he hid the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and then to take it very seriously and say... But will they find them again in winter? It's so, it was so soothing. The whole Family situation. Family Sierra Day, the squirrel. So we did the squirrel documentary a year ago, and then I just, I'm so psyched, because, you know, you do your first one, and then you're like, am I going to nail it? And I just booked The Mighty Weasel. Oh, God, that's great. And I recorded and I, it, and there's honey There's honey badgers, there's flying weasels. There's, it's pretty amazing. If we form a bluegrass bin, maybe it should be called The, the, Mighty, the Mighty Weasel. Weasel. Yeah. And, of course, the opening, all of the opening is about how... We've given them a really bad name, and it's not fair because they're they're incredibly smart. You see what's over there, don't you? A mighty weasel. It's a wolverine. Oh, yep, they were it's, in my it's documentary. A, it's a vintage wolverine. We had a wolverine. We had a um, uh, a, a honey badger who are awesome. Yep. Um, ferrets mm-hmm. who get a, who can fold in half. Yep. Um, and and then just a garden. Uh, they're called tiny weasels or teeny weasels or something like that. And the ferrets also uh, are great on the shoulders of weird dudes who hang out at malls. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a lot of preppers. A lot of doomsday preppers. <laughs> <laughs> 
they, they're bred there. So when does the Mighty Weasel come out? I'll let you know. I'll okay. let you know. And I will, I'll be the first to share it. If you look at my Instagram feed, you'll see the stuff about the squirrel one. The squirrel one was fantastic. I can't wait yeah, until we, you release we had the Mighty a, Weasel. A, we had a dual viewing party because it was a Saturday of Thanksgiving last year where my friend's movie, Christmas on Honeysuckle Lane, which mm-hmm. was the Hallmark movie, yep. and the squirrel documentary aired the same night. So oh. there was a drinking game that started with nuts and moved on to the names <laughs> Holly and Barry. And, Mary. and Holly Berry was in it. Holly, <laughs> Holly, Mary, Berry. Berry. Because all the holiday movies have those names. Like literally, oh, they have all, to. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I look forward to more of your uh, nature documentary narrating. Thank you. It's, it's somewhere it fits into the. Maybe I'll, I'll get my Hollywood star. The yeah. Mighty Weasel. Mighty Weasel. Cousin of the Wolverine. It's very soothing. That was the ID10T podcast number 1033 with Anna Gasteyer. And, uh, first of all, I adore her. She is such an incredible human being. And her husband, Charlie, too. They are such rad people. And a lot of what we talked about was about exploring creativity and doing things simply because they sound fun to you. And what sort of concerns me in this world of the economy of likes and sh- and reshares that we live in on all the platforms is that I feel like people put popularity and validation before their own creativity and sort of chasing that validation, chasing those likes. But I feel like the people who are the most successful and the happiest are the ones who chase their own creativity <laughs> and chase their passions and the things they're passionate about. Like that person across the street who's using a chainsaw on a tree. Listen to that. That is chainsaw passion. That is tree pruning passion over there. Uh, But think about the things in your own life that you've always wanted to try or the things that sound fun to you. I mean, you feel pulled in a direction when you get excited about something and something seems interesting to you. And then you might go, oh, I don't have the time or energy to figure that thing out. I don't even know. I mean, there's so many people who are better at it than me. And then you got to stop yourself right there because that's result-oriented thinking. You're not doing it to be better than anyone else. You're not doing it. Don't think about these things as doing them uh, by reaching out as far as you can into the external world. Flip it. Think about reaching as far as you can into your internal world and what makes you happy and exploring the best parts of you that you can be. And instead of trying to be better than anyone else in the world, try to be better than you were yesterday. Be in competition with yourself. Do you understand? Like, instead of trying to worry about, I don't know, you know, see some people on YouTube and Instagram and they're just better at this thing. It doesn't matter doesn't matter. You're not doing it for that reason. And the sooner you explore uh, for you, then maybe the side effect is that all that stuff will come, the validation. So by that point, you won't care, nor should you, (laughs) because that's not why you do it. And when you you start down that path, then you're going to constantly be in service of trying to do things Uh, for likes. And then even if you do explore passion, 
then you might start compromising on it because you're like, oh, I don't know. But then people like this or people like that. I don't know. I, I just this is just about you feeling whole and being who you are and finding the things that are satisfying to you uh, creatively. And if you say, well, I don't even know what that is. I don't have any likes or passions. I don't know. We'll just start digging around, you know, jump onto some random subreddits, you know, is it something crafty? Is it something with your hands? Is it painting, sculpting, knitting? Is it drawing? Is it some type of ideation? Is it it coming up with math formulas? Is it statistics? Is it solving a problem? Is there some sort of a social cause? You know, something that isn't even about about you, but about you finding your creativity and helping other people, you know, simply because you just want to make the world a better place or you want to see, you know, people benefit uh, in a positive way from things that you create or things that you do. Uh, and again, not to get attention, but just because you're contributing and you're being a part of, you're using your creativity for, for good, so that's it. Just, you know, write some stuff down. Write down things that are, are interesting to you. And then you break it down into little steps. If I were going to pursue this, what would I need to do? Is it something that I need to get lessons for? For me, it's piano lessons. And I got to tell you, in this marvelous digital age that we live in, most of the lessons that, I mean, I do have a piano teacher and I do have a guitar teacher. However, a lot of the stuff that I find and learn, I'm just you know, looking up on YouTube or following certain Instagram feeds. Uh, so there is no shortage of instruction online if finances are an issue that, that you can start to learn stuff. And then you just put one foot in front of the other each day. You work on it a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Uh, and then at a certain point, maybe you put it out into the world. Again, not so much for validation, but just more as a as a, a, a milestones for your progress and kind of sharing it with the world. There's nothing wrong with sharing your stuff with the world. It's just, I'm just saying it's not maybe necessarily as healthy to do it because you want the validation. You might get the validation or you might not. But either way, that shouldn't matter, you know? And I know it's hard. I know you want, I mean, listen, I'm a comedian, so I get it. <laughs> you know, like my most of what that part of my career is based on is literally validation from a live audience. However, you should still just make sure that you're putting your own loves and beliefs and passions above chasing that validation, you know, still being able to do things that are meaningful to you. So that's it. I, you know, again, I get rambly in these things, but I was just so inspired by my talk with Anna about, you know, how she just decided to make this album because it was fun. And then she got into the process and realized it was some of the most fun and best work she felt she had ever done. And it was something she just did for herself. Or And I really hope she goes to uh, Fiddle Camp at some point. Go to Fiddle Camp. Go learn a weird thing. Go learn a weird skill. Why not? Why not? There's no reason not to. You never know what direction it could take you. And you never know what people you could meet, what community you could be a part of. So that is all for today. I hope you find some time, carve out a little bit of time each day to explore your own creativity and uh, fulfill f fulfill yourself in that way. So uh, I will. I, I appreciate you listening. I really do. 
And uh, I hope you have a wonderful week. And I will see you in your ears real soon. All right, bye. ID Tenti scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Enhance your listening experience with Wondry Plus. Enjoy ad-free listening, exclusive content, binges, and more. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts.